Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message is found in the book of Galatians chapter 3 beginning at verse 23. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come. We are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave. And if a son than an heir through God. When I think of this text from Galatians, I think of this phrase. I see dead people. Now, not you. But it's from that movie, right? Remember which one? That 1990 movie by... M. Knight Shyamalan, and I don't know, I probably just butchered his last name. But The Sixth Sense, right? Remember that? It was one of those events in cinema history that if you saw it, you could never forget. And if you haven't seen it, well, 1990 to 2022, that was 32 years ago, so you've lost all right to any spoilers, I'm sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. So here it is. He's dead the whole time. Bruce Willis is dead through the whole movie and we didn't know it. But once this is revealed at the end, everything changes. Your mind races through every scene and they take on new meaning. And when you look back through it, there are hints all along the way. Indications, the color red, the lack of meaningful dialogue with other characters. Now it all makes sense. Before we didn't see it, but now the story is fundamentally different. I think this is how St. Paul actually felt. Paul was living the dream. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, an heir of Abraham, a blameless son of the covenant, son of the law. 
He was part of a majestic story in which God had chosen Israel. Israel was God's special people. His chosen nation. His precious treasure. What a privilege. What an honor. Of all the nations of the earth, only Israel received the law written by the finger of God. Only Israel had the tabernacle, the holy presence of God. Only Israel had the sacrifices, the holy worship of God. And even when the temple and tabernacle were taken away by Israel's enemies, even when sacrifices had ceased for a time, still Israel had God's holy statutes and ordinances, His holy word. His instructions and His commandments. How blessed was Israel. How beautiful. How fortunate was Paul to be a part of this holy people. But now? Now something has happened. Something has been revealed. And that changes everything. They've been dead the whole time. Paul has been dead the whole time. And now everything's different. The meaning of everything in the story has changed for Paul. And now when he looks, he actually sees that there were hints and indications all along the way. Sinai was actually pretty frightening. The people didn't actually want to approach God. They needed a mediator. Moses and the angels, but please God, not directly with God or we will die. And the law, when it was given, Israel immediately broke it broke its foundational commandment and worshipped the golden calf. And they died. The day the law was given, 3,000 people died. And instead of life, it was a ministry of death. And then there were the prophets. These apparent holes in the plot. Gaps in the old storyline that kept harping on justice. Blasting on religion and sacrifices. They somehow they knew that Israel had been dead the whole time. How did he miss it? And how was it revealed to Paul that he had seen the whole store wrongly? How did he come to know that through the law, he died to the law? Well, he met Jesus. He met Jesus who was crucified. He is the one who in Paul's world was cursed by the law. Cursed because he hung on a tree. And yet this crucified one, this one who was slain by the pious, reviled by the religious, mocked by the wise, this one was declared to be both Lord and Christ. The justice of God, the wisdom of God, the strength of God, now everything had changed. Paul must now see everything differently. If Jesus was the righteousness of God, then nothing else could be, not even the law. So it was that he realized the law was not the solution after all. It was only provisional. A stopgap, really. It could not justify. It could not elicit life or faith or love. The law could only describe these things. 
And then deal with the all-pervasive reality of sin. To constrain it. To name it. To threaten it. To curse it. And this was not just the situation of Israel under the law of Moses. Ever since the first transgression, all of humanity has been trying to carve out some semblance of the good life. Living under some kind of moral construct or institution. Producing some kind of society or ideal that would vainly try to hide that the whole of humanity had already died. Masking our death like caked on mortician's makeup. But then Jesus came. And He cleaned off the cosmetics. And stripped away the veneers and He played our part on His own person. Born of woman. Born under law. And He showed us all what we are really like. Cursed. Numbered with transgressors. Dead. Dead the whole time. But, with His resurrection, our sinful past came to an end. And instead, faith came. And with faith came Christ and His Spirit and freedom and life. And when faith is revealed and this true freedom is experienced, then we go back and truly see how trapped and deadly our former life was. This is how Paul and the Galatians experienced the coming of faith. But that was a long time ago. When did this happen to you? When did you experience the moment when Christ overthrew the enslaving power of the law and released you from the captivity of sin and death? That's right. It was in your baptism. When you were baptized. And if you were baptized as an infant, you received the seal as a guarantee of the Spirit before you could even speak. Do you really remember the former way? Can you really see the difference between the old and the new? You who have tasted the new wine, do you recall the old wine's bouquet? But that's not our problem, is it? We don't have difficulty remembering life under the law. A life of captivity. A life filled with conceit, provocation, and envy, and all the pettiness and vanity over the best deck chair on the Titanic. We remember because our dead inexperience of this way of life is really not all that long ago. Was it last week? Was it yesterday? Or maybe even this morning? Yet even as our deadly past continues to seem to creep into our present, neither does the coming of faith cease. For Paul doesn't merely speak of a past historical event that touched only that original audience. No. The coming of faith and of Christ and of His Spirit is an apocalyptic event. Apocalypsis, says Paul. The faith now revealed has more to do with eternity than with the past or the present. By the coming of faith, we have received the Spirit... The Spirit who leads us to oppose the desire of the old ways. And by the coming of faith, we are bound to Christ who was dead, but is now alive. So that what Paul declares about himself in Galatians chapter 2.20 is true for you too.
You have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. And the life you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God, who loved you and gave Himself for you. Even the life by which we now live is by the love of Christ, of faith incarnate, of sacrificial love that bears one another's burdens. So never can we tire of hearing about this faith. For by it, not only is the truth of Christ revealed through it, but also the truth about one another. Too often we treat each other like dead people, like bare mortals. Jews, Greeks, male, female, slave, free. Every label or category under the sun that we can think of. Conservative, liberal, socialist, Democrat, privileged or poor. We are not any of those things. We are children of God, heirs of an eternal inheritance. We are not mere mortals. As C.S. Lewis famously wrote, We shall live to remember the galaxies as an old tale. The church will outlive the universe. Everything that is joined to the immortal Christ shall share in his immortality. There will come a time when every culture, every institution, every nation, the human race, all biological life is extinct, and every one of us is still alive. Immortality is promised to us. But not by these generalities. It was not for societies and states that Christ died, but for all of us. And so as I look out on this congregation this morning, I can say with full confidence, I don't see dead people. But the living children of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.